Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko, and on today's episode, I sit down with writer, actress, and creator of Big Girl, Catherine Scarborough. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. Welcome, everyone, to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I am your host, Zach Miko. Guys, we have such a good, fun, awesome show for you today. I'm very excited. I sit down with writer, actress, and creator of the new web series, Big Girl, Catherine Scarborough. This is a super exciting thing because I actually, you know, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in this show, guys. Like, for a second. I got a little cameo, but it's still super exciting. Um, It's an amazing body-positive show that jumps genres and it's gonna be a big old hit so i'm very very excited um catherine is an amazing as i said writer actress creator all that fun stuff um but we had a great time sitting down talking did a real deep dive into like like studying acting technique she's an mfa i went to conservatory it's all super fun we get real real nerdy so if you like talking about uh and Stanislavski and the four teachers that split off from him. This is going to be a great episode for you. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, we're going to have a great time. And I'm going to stop talking about it. Let's just get to it, guys. Without further ado, my interview with Catherine Scarp. Gentlemen, I am sitting here with actress, writer, and creator of the show Big Girl, Catherine Scarborough, everybody. Hello. Who we just had a conversation off mic on what a <laughs> like Shakespearean name Catherine Scarborough is. It is. <laughs> it sounds it is. like like when you're did you go to theater school? I did. It sounds like when you're doing like the old like restoration plays and you would like <laughs> find someone's name in like some weird like yeah, like, uh, it's it's like prudence. Exactly. Something. something. <laughs> exactly. Like Olivia Crustlebum or yeah. whatever their name is. Or Benedict are. Cumberbatch. Who Benedict I, Cumberbatch. Yeah. Was, I can't believe this. I mean, that's the most British name any child's ever been given. It is. I like to call him Binglebach uh, Cumbidunch. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I can't remember. But there was <laughs> there's one show. I can't. I think it's not John Oliver. There's some there, there's like it's like an ongoing thing. Every time you see Benedict Cumberbatch. Name to just say a different thing. I know, I know. Uh, so silly. It's fun. So we are sitting here in uh, Catherine's beautiful fifth floor walk up that oh, I yes. did not um, lose my breath climbing the stairs. Is I was the story impressed. We're going. No. I was impressed. You should listen. Usually, <laughs> myself included, we get upstairs and it's like sweaty and huffing and puffing, and you were fresh as a daisy. No, so. I was holding it in. <laughs> Because I have like this weird um, like pride when it comes to I could climb stairs. Yeah. I'm fine. So I'll get to the top and I'll like literally hold my breath and be like, everything's fine. But in reality, my lungs are going 
fucking breathe, asshole. <laughs> 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 no one cares. No one cares. We're Every- gonna <laughs> we're gonna die. Just uh, so I wait, and you're like, I'm gonna go into the kitchen. I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> so. well, it's you looked great. Good. So it's no all worries. my false sense of pride. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's start at the very beginning. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we? Um, uh, Catherine, where are you from originally? Originally, I am from Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, get out. Yeah. My brother-in-law is from St. Simon's Island in Georgia. So only oh. like, I don't know, 40 minutes north or yeah, something. Yeah, we used to go there in the summertime and rent a beach house and go to, what was the water park there called? Oh, in Brunswick? Um, yes. I can't remember the name of it. Waves and something. Yeah, I've driven by it to yeah. go to his house a yeah. bunch of times, but I have no <laughs> memory of what the name is. We didn't, I was never a big water park fella. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Growing up as like a bigger kid, I was yeah. like very anti, well, no, I think, I think here's the thing with big people. We all love water parks. We just hate if the water park was empty, it'd be the most fun place in the world. It's the, yes. it's the crippling <laughs> fear of being in a bathing suit around other people that I didn't like. I know. Now I'm like that big, weird old guy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no. How quickly I've become like that, like old Russian man in a Speedo is I love amazing. That. I love that. I and love I, it. And I don't know how that transition happened, but it did. <laughs> but it's a good thing. I know. Um, so you've grown up in Jacksonville. Yes. Which is on the, for those who don't know, it's the northern part of Florida. Yeah. It's up, that's like, because when you think of Florida, even though Florida is massive, you're like, oh, there's Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando, Miami, and that's the state. Right. But it's it's larger than that. It's huge. And Jacksonville is very, it's basically Southern Georgia. Yeah. No, it's very Southern. That's what yeah. I've noticed. The more North you are in Florida, the more the South you're in. Absolutely. Which is like a weird dichotomy, but it's true. It is. It is. And it's a very concern. I was happy to leave Florida. Yes. Say. It, yeah. I remember driving when I was on children's tour, um, with King Arthur and the magic sword Aww. now playing in some Mississippi high school. I, don't know. <laughs> I uh, love that. But um, what I, I just remember driving from, we, we never went to Florida during the tour. Yeah. But the closest we got was like somewhere, I think it's like Valdosta in Georgia. Yeah. So we were like, hey, Disney World's only four hours away. Let's just do it. So we did. And we drove to, to Disney World and did not expect the thousands of anti-abortion signs oh, on yeah. the way to Disney World. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That was the only, they weren't advertising <coughs> anything else yeah. but anti-abortion. It was very interesting. It's uh, it's a, Florida is just as crazy as people say it is. You know, the Florida man Twitter, uh, it's accurate. Yeah. Oh, it's super accurate. It's and it's accurate. also, it's, it's, have you ever seen the TV show Atlanta? Uh, do you know I haven't? Oh, you would love it. It's just an ongoing joke where, um, one of the characters believes that Florida man is a, is a single person like the boogeyman. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you gotta watch out. Florida man's down there. That's funny. And then he keeps showing them like articles. So they keep being like, these are different people. He's like, it says Florida man. I love that. (laughs) No, it's very, very funny. So how long were you in, uh, Jacksonville? Uh, so I grew up there and then I left as soon as I got into, I went to college in Massachusetts. I went to UMass Amherst. My cousin <gasps> Jesse went to UMass Amherst. UMass. Yeah. When did you graduate? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, uh, do you know someone named Jessica Taylor? 
I don't. Okay, cool. <laughs> also, UMass, I, don't, I only went to small schools, and I forget that, like, big state schools are big oh, and have, like, huge. like, that's the same with, yeah. uh, uh, my wife went to UGA for, like, a little bit before she transferred to Valdosta, but when she was in UGA, it was like, oh, yeah, you're one of 70,000 students, so yeah. I'm always like, oh, I know someone who went there. They're like, cool, I'm sure. <laughs> if he wasn't in my class, I have no idea. Yeah. And it, like, and I, did you have, being at a big school like that, did you have those classes that were like the huge oh, like for sure. theater where yes. like the professor never even saw you? Yes. Which yeah. was, it was kind of cool. And then we would have like little breakout groups for the, with, that we would take with the TA to do like more personalized. See, I never had a TA in my life. That's, really? That's where did you go to college? Schools I went to um, a place called Albertus Magnus College, oh. which sounds fancier than it is. It's in um, New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, and cool. it's, okay. its claim to fame is that way back when it was a um the sister school of yale when yale was all boys oh. and albertus was all girls so it was a sister school <laughs> now it's co-ed and now it's just a school got it okay. and d- didn't didn't keep the yale like prestige at once but it's funny because if i went there and you talked to like an older person in the area of going, they're like, oh, Albertus. <laughs> and you're like, I mean, it's still a good school. It's still yeah. just fine. Um, it was not for me. Right. When I went there, it started off as I was getting my BFA in theater. Oh, nice. Okay. And then they, when I enrolled, it was a BFA in theater. When I got to my freshman year, they're like, hey, just so you know, it's not a BFA program anymore. It's now just a BA in theater. And uh, I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't really like that, but okay. And then... The following semester, I don't think it was the following year. I think it was like literally a semester later. They're like, hey, JK, there's no more BA in theater. (gasps) You now have, you're now going for like a BS in communications with a concentration in performing arts. And I'm like, that's not a thing. Yeah. But I liked it and I stayed. And um, the theater director there, Albert DeFabio, is amazing. And he'd been there forever and he's incredible. Basically... The uh, program dissolved around him, but he did not go anywhere. So he was like a mentor and he was and he was the one on my sophomore year of college where he turned to me. He's like, why are you here? I was like to get uh, he's like, no, no, no. If you're going to be an actor, don't be here. (laughs) He was was like, you can stay as long as you want. I'll put you in all the plays. We'll have a good time. (laughs) But if you want to like have a career you need to move to new york you need to go to a conservatory you need to do all that so he was the one so he pushed me my sophomore year i left albertus and i went to the american academy of dramatic arts in in new york city yes 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 how was that experience for you it was brilliant i loved it i loved it very expensive yeah but other than that it was brilliant if i had to read like i always tell people like if I had to redo it, I probably would do it different. Not because I did not enjoy Ada. I loved it. Yeah. And I got an amazing basis of theater and understanding. But it was expensive as hell. It was yeah. like thirty-five grand a year. Uh, yep. And when you're a dumb little kid and you're just signing like, yeah, I'll pay you this back one mm-hmm. day. And you're taking out massive student loans like I was. Yeah. It was just like, okay, in retrospect, that probably wasn't the best idea. Yeah. But it was because um, Ada, and I think a couple others, I mean, Ju- Juilliard's a full-on university, but Ada, I think AMDA, and maybe like one or two other of the um, conservatories are, are college accredited. Right. So you do get a degree of yes. some sort from them. Yeah, and, and not a certificate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And now having left with my... Uh, associate's degree in theater. 
I, really? Or I think it's a, I think it's an associate's degree in television and radio science is what I got. Oh. I think you get you get different ones, yeah. and I got TV and radio, and I was like, okay, yeah. it was stupid. Like That's now, like funny. I still have the diploma, and I look at it, and I was like, this was useless. I'm not useless. I got an. A, huge wealth of knowledge but as far as like you know as we as you know in the performing arts no one's ever asked where you go to school no one yeah. cares no. no one cares you'll never this is for all the kids out there if you're going to school for theater you will never have to show your diploma to no. anybody no you could just tell them in yeah. fact i had a professor in undergrad who told me because he had gone to Yale and he told our class once, he goes, nobody's going to see your, your diploma. So if you just want to say that you went to Yale, you could probably get away with it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. brilliant. No, yeah. it's true. It's it's so true. Just because like it, it's it's just not a thing you need in theater yeah. at all. Unless you go to one of the schools where it's like, you know, NYU opens yeah. so many doors for actors same or, with know. like i always said if i did go the university route i want i was like i wish i had gone back and gone to juilliard because they do open doors yeah. they're still very well connected yeah whereas ada was had an amazing alumni amazing yeah. they had out of all of the theater schools they have more oscar winners than everybody than anybody oh. else like it's a huge amazing amazing um alumni list yeah but they didn't um really there were no real connections yeah. involved it was kind of like congratulations you went here too and yeah you're like, oh all right <laughs> okay i know so it was one um, of those things but um so before you so did you move uh go to umass specifically for theater well so it's funny i um i also have an mfa which i'll get to in a second but Beautiful. i yeah i'm jealous um, listen, the debt is anyway. Oh, I know. Um, oh, I know. I wanted to uh, go for a BFA and my, um, parents were not excited about that. They wanted mm. me to have, especially my dad, they wanted me to have a more, I don't, I don't know because I was still going to study theater, but they were yeah. not wild about me going to a conservatory. So UMass has a really good theater program and yeah. I, you know, no, they do. I felt like. Anyway, so I went to UMass for undergrad, and then after I graduated, I went home for a bit, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to, I don't know, sort myself out, save some money. Totally. And then I did a program with the Moscow Art Theater. Um, they're associated. Awesome. Yeah, it was cool. They're associated with um, ART in Boston. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they did a summer program, and then also there was a winter program. I went to Moscow um, and was there for six weeks that or is two awesome. months. awesome. I always wonder. <laughs> Anytime, I know so many, especially when I was working in the restaurant industry, I know so many like actual Russian people and people who are dating Russian people who are always going to <laughs> Russia and with like what's going what's been going on in our news I and know. what we know of Russia for the past I don't know 40 years oh, I'm always yeah. really surprised that people are like yeah I'm going to Moscow I'm like is that a thing we're allowed to do or can we just go oh, there? totally like, I mean you have to get a little visa I feel like because I was going with a school I had like an you have to get an invitation yeah. but it was you know it's the birthplace of theater no as we exactly know it. It's and the birthplace of, of yeah, the modern, yeah. especially teaching, the modern way of, of acting. Yeah. Stanislavski is from there. Yeah. So is Boleslavski, which yep. if you've ever read any of that, I mean, yeah. you know, Anton Chekhov and all that. This is just for me and Catherine, yeah. everybody, not for you. It's, <laughs> like, very, uh, it's very niche, what we're talking about. It was very... It was, it's not very niche, it's just very theater school. Yeah, <laughs> we're theater geeks. 
Um, it was cool. Like we took a we took a lecture with the costumer, and we got to see like the costume that Stanislavski wore as Vershinin in. It's um, awesome. Yeah, it was really. Crazy. It's so fun, and it's so like it. There's so much like history just behind theater like and I think yes. that's something that unless you really study it you don't realize how deep everything goes yeah my favorite thing is essentially are there a million different stories technically if you want to get to it if you really want to look back at the theater world there's like 13 stories yeah. told in different ways there's like 13 all of, all the stories you've ever heard in your life there's like 13 of yeah. them with just a, a couple of different twists and turns totally and it's like and when you're like studying theater you start realizing like this just keeps this is all the same thing yeah it's like the journey <laughs> of the hero the blah, 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 the coming of age story mm -hmm. this it's like it's all the same stories but that's cool. Like some people are like, oh, that's depressing. You're like, no, I think that's amazing. No, because it's the human experience. Exactly. No, and yeah. that's exactly it is. Theater is just an expression of the human experience, mm -hmm. which is so fun. Yeah. Um, for those people who, so Stanislavski is a big deal in the theater world, everybody, because he, as we said, kind of founded the way we teach theater and the way we teach acting as we know it. And then when he came to the U.S., I don't know if he came to the U.S. or he they did. went to Russia. Yeah, when he yeah. came to the U.S. to study to teach, he taught uh, Sanford Meisner and Lee Strasberg and Stella Adler and the other Chekhov, Michael Chekhov. Michael Chekhov, which yep. is he's the one I forget. Those are the big four acting teachers who all studied under him, and then and Michael Chekhov was Anton's nephew. Yes, and his favorite. His favorite. Yeah. I didn't know it was his favorite yeah. nephew. And then after Stanislavski died. Those four basically argued on how to teach. Yeah. They were like, oh, this is what Stanislavski meant. And they're like, no, this is who didn't. And they, the four of them just split off to teach yep. acting in different ways because of that. And that legacy continues because yeah. Meisner actors and Strasbourg, Strasbourg actors have sort of got, I, this actually, this annoys me. Can, yeah. we, can we get a oh, deep dive? Oh, I would love to. This is exciting. This is very exciting for me. So I, I trained, uh, really trained. Um, I got my MFA at the New School. For drama, which Beautiful. used to be the actor studio, and mm -hmm. then they had a schism, and and actor studio went off to be its own. They're interesting pace. thing. Yeah. Oh no, that actor studio. I was thinking of the actors theater. Yeah, no, actor studio. James <laughs> Lipton, yep. all of them. They left the new. School. James Lipton was my keynote speaker. Really? Which was weird that a teacher from another college came to, so to, to talk to ours. He was, <laughs> and he was brilliant. He gave the best speech I ever heard. Oh, but that's so he was funny. Our, he was my keynote at graduation from Ada. Interesting. Yeah, weird. <clears throat> totally weird. Um, but so I trained in the method as yeah. an actor. I trained specifically my first year acting teacher. It was mainly Strasbourg. Okay. That we were studying, which is fine. I think, you know, an actor, you have to use whatever methodology works for you. Personally, every mm -hmm. actor is different. You know, no, 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 no. Something that irritates the living shit out of me are these uh, is the branding of the method that yeah. happens with Hollywood actors yeah. like Jared Leto <clears throat> come on man I know I hate it I hate it so much or where it becomes oh he's a method actor so it, it bastardizes the I think the technique I know it's, it's and then when gross. people think about it they think of Daniel Day Lewis yeah. refusing to be called anything other than his character <laughs> name until like the DVD extras are done like yeah. <laughs> it's I gotta say yeah I 
I totally agree. But I have to say, Daniel Day-Lewis, I feel like he can get away with it because he's so good. <laughs> I know. I know. And no, he is. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. But it's true. There's because, I guess ever since the schism that happened between those four main teachers, there's yeah. always been like an air of snootiness between yes. people who studied different techniques. Yes. One thing that I was very lucky in going to ADA. So ADA, the American County of Dramatic Art, where I went, is the oldest conservatory in the Western world. The only one older than it is in Russia. Yeah. And I think in Japan, the Kabuki theaters schools are much older. But um, so because of that, when they originally started, it predated Stanislavski. So that's so interesting. So they beforehand, they were teaching very you know, theatrical thing. They mm-hmm. focused a lot on Shakespeare and restoration. And then obviously they adopted Stanislavski and then they adopted all the rest of them too. So because yeah. of that, I learned such a good, like, very, like, ver- yeah, varying. Why couldn't I say that word? <laughs> I couldn't, I learned such a, like a varying amount of techniques where it was very much like, use what you like. Yeah. Here's, we're going to teach yep. you Meisner and we're going to teach you method and we're going to, teach you Adler and imaginary circumstances and we're going to do all these and, and you're yep. going to go through these repetition exercises everybody hates but yeah. help like and it was cool because of that so I That's never awesome. had to but then meanwhile I had friends who went to like you know neighborhood playhouse which is Meisner's school who were like really down on like the Strasbourg That's folks so and, very, and it it's was like so silly you know? know it really is oh it's it's weird because yeah. it really is as actors we're just figuring out what works for us yeah. That's literally it is is we're just trying to figure out what works yeah I think that if you're an actor the best thing you can do is study as many things as possible mm-hmm. and stay in acting class There's, stay in it uh in Boleslavsky who was also a Russian teacher he has I can't remember the name of the book method or madness I have it method or madness but then he also has it was I think it's which is the one where he's talking to the creature it's like talk talked in a dialogue ah <sighs> It was one of his other books. Yeah. It's one of the two things, but in sen- essentially it's taught. Is it taught- Method or Man? I, I think that look. might be the name. No, I mean, he has a, a bunch of books, but there's like. I'm going to look. I want to make sure that I'm not saying something wrong. You do it. In the meantime, I'll describe the book. Yes, please. Um, there's one. It's a very thin acting book where he's talking to what he calls the creature. Essentially, is a student who comes to him wants to learn how to act. And he makes them do so much work before they even allowed to even begin taking classes. Like the first thing he tells the creature who you, you imagine is some, you know, female actor coming there, but he doesn't, yeah. he's not specific. He doesn't name the person <laughs> is very teacher and creature. And he, um, makes them go work on their body and learn how to breathe and do their breath for a full year before oh he'll God, talk to them. So and then amazing. they come back and you're like, I'm ready. And he goes, okay, now do go do this for a full year before, because acting is a culmination of the human experience and people don't, think about that yeah. because there's definitely ways to fake it yeah. there's definitely and a lot of people fake it and especially yeah. in TV and Hollywood a lot of people are just faking the acting they're it's not really true. putting they're just saying so but when you're going into like the deeper teachings of Stanislavski Bolesovsky Meisner and all those it's much more this is the way to actually do it yeah. <laughs> where you're actually eliciting human emotions and not like right. faking it up well, there uh, I have to say I was full of shit. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Method or Madness is not Boleslavsky. I don't oh, know what I was thinking. Okay. It's by um, uh, Robert Lewis. Okay. So not at all. So I, hold, but I have a Boleslavsky book. In you my do. House. There's the one, and that's the one with the creature. Is the one that like every actor has because it's only like 120 pages, which is great. <laughs> and yeah. It's like, and because of that, it's you know. 
as much as actors do read when you give us a 500 page book it's like oh that's right we I read the first 10 pages that. and i mean truly i don't think you can learn acting from a book but anyway. no you can't yeah you absolutely can't that's you have to learn from i don't think people learn different ways i can't learn anything from a book i can learn that's random true. facts for bar trivia and stuff like yeah. that but as far as you can learn knowledge from a book you cannot learn how to do something right like right. me personally some people can't some people right. can read something and be like oh i know how to do this now i have to physically do it and feel it and yeah do you know the one theater book that i have read that actually had an impact on how i approached the work mm -hmm. um that i would recommend to any young actor out there is called the actor and the target by declan donnellan okay he is an um english well, he's Irish, but he yeah. works in English in England. Um, theater director, and he has a company called Cheek by Jowl. Okay. And uh, the the director I worked with with the Moscow Art Theater, who was brilliant, um, Genia, uh, he works with Declan Donnellan. Um, but then I was introduced to the actor in the Target actually in undergrad. Awesome. Um, but anyway, it's just very practical and uh, eye-opening. And he exclusively, for the most part, works with Russian actors, which I think is very interesting. He's that English, interesting. but he like, yeah, and he he likes that old-world yes <laughs> discipline exactly exactly. So anyway, anybody who wants to read a book about acting, that is a beautiful one. To true, read. there's a thousand. We yes. can go on forever. That's but true. It's very interesting. <laughs> it was just us geeking out for a minute because I, I do think. There's so because we just you know as as lay people when you watch actors you're like oh either you're an actor or an actor you're, you're either are or you aren't and you right. don't realize the thousands upon thousands of hours yeah. and weeks and years that go into being able to do it normally yeah are there there are and despite all of it it's very frustrating there are people who are naturally gifted and it's infuriating <laughs> as someone who has to work very very hard at it and you see. Dakota Fanning and Haley Joel Osment just able to do it at five years old. You're I like, that's know. not fair. I How did know. you figure this out? Like, <laughs> I know. It's just because some of them are. Some children actors are just following prompts, but there are some children's actors who are just brilliant. And you're like, that's true. I don't remember her name, um, but she's going to be in His Dark Materials on HBO. And she was in Logan and yeah. she was in Hannah and other things. That little yeah. girl is so yeah. good. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah. There's also, there's a young actress who, I don't know if I've seen her in anything recently, recently, but she was in a movie with Julianne Moore. Um, and then also with my friend Jay, who made the movie um, The History of Future Folk. He has this okay. goofy... Um, it's so funny. It's He and his partner uh, play space aliens who've come to Earth and learned to play bluegrass music. And Oh, wait. Have you heard of this? I've heard of the band Future Folk. Is yeah. that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, Future Folk. Oh, that's folk. awesome. I yeah. love those guys. That's my so friend, funny. My buddy Jay <laughs> plays Kevin. He and I grew up together in Florida. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, and the little girl who's... So the history of Future Folk, it used to be on Netflix. I don't yeah. think it is anymore. You can watch it on iTunes and stuff. Um, the little girl that was in that movie with them was just a 
baller. She was so yeah. good. And Jay was telling me that she showed up to the first rehearsal, like more professional than any of the adults there, knew all her lines. P.S. Acting is just knowing your lines. That's 90% of it. If you just know what you're going to say. That was the best. That was the best thing when my, um, uh, when I, when I left Ada and I started, um, studying with Terry Schreiber, um, that was one of the oh. first in class. That was one of the first things he said. Yeah. He goes, guys, this isn't complicated. He goes, 90% of it is knowing your lines. Cause yeah. you get so frustrated when people didn't know their lines. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I know it's a long scene. I know it's hard to learn it, but this is the work. Yeah. He goes, Half of it is learning the lines. It's he goes, true. More, like 90% of what you do is learning the lines. The last 10% is what you do with those lines. Yes. He goes, if you don't know the lines, you're not going to be able to do any of this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. And so, yeah, because if you know the lines, you're not worried about it. And so you can be free to relax and do yes. the other work. No, you know? exactly. You yeah. can't. And that's the thing. Even if you're still searching for the lines, there's mm-hmm. no way to like, because you can kind of know them and be pretty sure. But if you're sitting there trying to remember what comes next. Yeah. Ugh, you look like oh, an asshole. You look terrible. <laughs> I'll notice that like when I go to, because, you know, being in the independent theater world, I'm sure you go to a bunch of weird shows yeah. as well as I do. <laughs> and there are times on stage where you see, you're like, this guy has no idea what the fuck he's saying. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, and I don't know, it frustrates me as an actor. Cause I'm yeah. like, come on, man, this is the one thing. Yeah. I don't even, even if you did like a poor performance in general, but you never missed a cue, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. But like, it's oh. bad theater is so sad. Cause nobody in a bad production wants to be bad. No. You know, everybody wants to do a good job, but it's no, but I also think that we learn so much doing bad theater. That's true. And I watching did, bad theater. I did a lot of bad plays. Oh, like sure. legitimately, this is awful. Like yeah. made friends and family come. Yeah. Me apologized too. after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what happens is because there's also a, a cycle everyone goes when they're doing a bad play that they know is mm-hmm. bad. Your friends ask how you how it's going. Mm-hmm. You go, it's real bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you keep saying it's real bad. And you're like, you know what? I don't think I want you guys to come. This is really bad. This is really bad. This is really bad. Then what happens is you get to dress rehearsals. And for something happens in like one rehearsal where there's a spark. And you're like, I think this could end up being pretty good. <laughs> so then you go back and you tell all of your friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what? I was wrong. This is turning out really good. I'd love for you to come. And yeah. then they do come. And then you get on stage. And then you go back to before that rehearsal. And it's bad again. Yeah. And you're just like, what <laughs> happened? Because also so many people, as soon as they're an audience, forget everything they were working on. Yeah, that's And they true go too. right into performing, mm-hmm. air quotes. Because it's like... You know, they just go right into like a shtick where you're like, this is on it, but okay. Yeah. Well, I think when you get in front of an audience, it's like the, your animal, your reptile brain takes over a little bit, right? And you're just like, go do the thing. Right. Right. Entertain them. (laughs) I remember being in children's theater and remembering I was on stage. I remember being on, like, cause we did, you know, (laughs) 250 performances or something crazy. And I remember I'm thinking about things and I'm thinking about like what I'm doing later and I don't remember and I was like start thinking about like an email I had to send or something and then all of a sudden my brain went you're on stage right now and I was like huh <laughs> and I like look around and I'm like 
I've been I've been doing this and I've been saying the lines and I've been doing the thing and like but just all of a sudden elsewhere. like it was just my subconscious brain was going through the motions and yeah. then like my conscious brain kicked back in and I was like oh shit <laughs> you've been on stage the whole time you're lucky that everyone in the audience is five that's like, funny <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man so you so go to, to UMass and then you ended up going to the new school yes so when I, I got that. back from Russia so I went to Russia and did that little program over there which mm-hmm. was very cool and then when I came home um a girlfriend of mine from undergrad um contacted me and said hey I sort of have heard through the grapevine you're thinking of moving to New York City which I had been planning for and she said I'm moving do you want to come that's awesome that's yeah. every also not every but the majority of U.S. actors do a Am I going to New York or L.A.? Yeah. Which one am I going to? Yeah. And I always wanted to come here. Yeah, same. Um, I wanted to do theater, which yeah, is why I came here. Me and too. And then I stopped doing theater when I came here. Yeah. <laughs> like a weirdo. <laughs> That's cool. You know, life takes you in funny places. Yeah, man. Um, And so in 2008, I moved up here. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's been 11 years. Next. Congratulations. Do you know what? On... Uh, Sunday, so a week and a day from today, it will be eleven years. That's so exciting yeah. for me. It's for me. It's ten. I moved here in two thousand nine. Oh, so you're official. You're official. Technically, technically, I'm not official till December, but we're I'm, not going to say you're that. official. You're <laughs> a real New Yorker. I think I can round up at that point. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and I moved to this apartment. I've been in the same place the whole time. That's amazing. Yeah, especially I, with how much this neighborhood has changed in 10 years yeah you're probably pretty pumped like you know we i have rent stabilization oh, and so it oh. has of course come up but not that much no and yeah they can't raise it that yeah, much yeah that's beautiful it's amazing it's amazing yeah, i love this place yeah so definitely don't leave it yeah I'm i don't not care gonna. if it's a fifth floor walk up yeah no <laughs> i'm gonna hang on with my little especially since this we 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 even discussed that that we might have not made a mistake we moved recently so i also audience i mean you know I also live in Astoria, Queens, but I do. I live in Astoria, Queens. And we lived in one place for like six years. And it was small. It was a one-bedroom. It was a small mm. one-bedroom, but it was a nice apartment. And it was, um, again, it was rent-stabilized. Um, so they bar- they could barely raise it. And we were there for like six years. And it was good. And as we were there, the neighborhood getting kept getting so much more expensive. Because Astoria is blowing up in the last like five years specifically it's crazy and it's and they're just building condos everywhere and everyone's moving here and the rents are getting nuts yeah and um all your favorite mom and pop places have closed well not all of them but But a lot of them yeah yeah and so because of that it's like we did the opposite of what we should have done i love our new place our new place is awesome we have a two bedroom it's on the first floor we got a backyard everything's wonderful that's amazing but because we were getting to the point with all the rent going up and everything that we were like we need to move because we won't be able to afford another place in Astoria if we don't like lock in a place now yeah Uh, which was mostly true but we also chose a place that is not rent stabilized as our next so even though we could afford it right now literally in May she could be like I don't know six grand and I could be like ugh no I mean truthfully I think even my the landlords can kind of do whatever they want. Right? They can't. The yeah. techni- well, it depends. Mine, since I live in a townhouse and it's just two apartments, it's considered 
a private house, they can literally do whatever they want. They can literally uh, just come to me and be like, all right, leave. And I can fight them on it and uh, try to make yeah. them evict me and do all that, which I have friends who do that. New York is the weirdest. It must suck to be a landlord in New York. Oh, I can't because, imagine. Because tenants all the time can just be like, no, nah, I'm not paying you. No, that's why they yeah. like ask for references and check your credit score and yeah. do all this stuff because they can literally just be like, no, I'm not going to pay rent anymore. And you're like, oh, well, you should leave. They're like, good. It's going to take you a year yeah. to legally get me out of this place. Yeah, it takes uh, it takes a really long time to evict people. I know. But then, you know, on the but other then side. There's also slumlords, yeah, yeah, on the other hand, who evict people constantly and make life hell. And, and I've luckily never had one of those terrible yeah, slumlords. Yeah, me neither. So. Me neither. But, <clears throat> you know, bugs in apartments and yeah. yucky, you know, I don't know, stuff on the seal or whatever. I know. I don't. I feel like when even when people visit us. Us, like, I, especially at our old apartment, they're like, so this is how New Yorkers live? Yeah. yeah. And, and we're like, yeah, what's wrong with this? I'll yeah. never forget. I was having a conversation. Um, we were, I was ASOS, which is a UK clothing company. Oh, yeah. Done I love a, ASOS. Um, yeah, they're great. They had, were doing like a <clears throat> breakfast. Um, no, it was a dinner. It was like just a get together dinner for people who had worked with them in one capacity or the other in yeah. the U.S., and it was a bunch of us and specifically they were showing us what they were launching for big and tall so it was all big and tall models and we're all sitting around and like models and bloggers and we're having a good time and most of us lived in new york but there were a couple people that had flown in yeah Uh, one of them uh the big fashion guy uh michael anthony who um lives in detroit and we're all talking about rent and whatnot and uh marquise was talking who's an amazing marquee mode is an amazing model we were talking about like apartments and he was like oh i got this great place i only spend you know i spend this much and the guy was like whoa that's way too much he goes no but you don't understand it's a great apartment i'm right on the corner it's only on the third floor i have windows on this wall and that wall and i remember mike landley was just like (laughs) are windows a luxury in new york city He was like, he was like, why is this guy bragging about his windows? And I'm like, because we've all lived in an apartment with like no windows or one weird window. And that was it. And no closets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's our current place. (laughs) It's like no closets. And it's weird and it sucks, but it's fine. Yeah. Other than that, it's a great place. Yeah. So I don't have a closet in my bedroom. So I use that one one in my living room. Like you gotta do what you gotta do. That's always what it is in New York. Yeah. Everyone has a bedroom. That's not technically a bedroom, but your landlord's like, sure, it's a bedroom. Yeah. like oh my uh, god anyway yeah i love it <laughs> oh new york new york new york i know so well congratulations on your 11 years here Thank that's you. a big that's a big thing because people who move to new york either are become deeply in love yeah like, like myself i am like so deeply in love Me with too. it Me and too. even when i go to other really cool cities all you can do is compare it to New yep. York. Because every time you go to another city, you're like, well, maybe I can live here. And then you start being like, yeah, but what would I do? What would yeah. I do? And, it, and it's it's almost like in New York, we're so overstimulated that like um, we're so overstimulated because we can do anything we want at, at any, any point. Time. But then we don't. But yeah. it's the idea that it's there <laughs> is the thing that gets it. Like it blows my mind that I can call the little wine store around the corner and tell them, hey, can you bring me the wine you usually bring me? 
and then they bring it to me. And he's like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And you're like, oh, thanks. And yeah. I can just go to the corner and be like, not the corner, but I can like go 20 minutes away and be like, hey, I'd like to give you money to let me throw axes at a wall. Yeah. And the person's like, yeah, sure, come in. <laughs> go throw axes at this wall. Yeah. And after that, I would love a um, a full bowl. Uh, I would love a a... A spicy Thai noodle soup. Can we do yes. that? And they're like, yeah, we could bring it to you, I guess. And yeah. It's like, yeah. Can I have a Vietnamese sandwich, please? Uh, I know. Yes. It's so like, uh, it's just so, I think that's the thing is, especially living in Queens, I've been very vocal about like, you know, me and my wife are expecting our first kid. Yeah. And we're very excited. And it means so much to me that she's going to be born in, yes. not just born in New York, but like at least the first year of her life, she'll be raised in Queens Yes, because it really, because Queens is the most diverse, uh, ethnically and nationally diverse place in the entire world. Yeah. Like, like, like anywhere else in the world, there's no bigger, like larger concentration of cultures and languages than there is in Queens, New York. It's true. And the fact that my kid is going to be able to grow up and see everyone from every walk of life in every culture and every language and every religion just all the time. It's very cool. It's so important to me because we yeah. have so many friends who were raised either down south or in the Midwest who just never met other people. Yeah. My wife has told me, she goes, forget about like other cultures. She goes, when I moved to New York, it was the first time I met a Jewish person. And I was really? just, yeah, that's like, and to me that didn't even make sense. Like yeah. so I'm from Connecticut. So I just, in the Northeast in general is diverse to a point, but like, but it's quite white. It is. It is quite white, but it is, but especially I'm like, I was like, I had three synagogues in my hometown. What yeah, are you talking about? Yeah. Like you never met a Jew. Like that blew my mind. That's pretty Cause crazy, part of me yeah. is like, Oh, you never met someone from Laos. Maybe like, right. you know, just like a random, like random country you've never heard of <laughs> right. when she's like, no, I never met a Jewish person. I was like, that's nuts. To yeah. Me. Yeah. That is, you forget how, um, just like monoculture so many parts of the country are oh yeah where i grew up i mean jacksonville the color lines in jacksonville are very mm -hmm. distinct and you know i went to a private school um from sixth to twelfth grade and i think there were maybe five people of color in my oh, it's uh, so class. rough my mine was yeah. mine was similar like growing up i was in stratford connecticut which was decently diverse not hugely diverse, but I'll say our, my high school probably was, uh, I'd say 55 to 60% white, but then like 30% yeah. black and like 10, 15% Latino and, you know, yeah. some Asian American and, but you know, we had different cultures and different people. Um, whereas the town above us, literally we share a border at one point, um, Trumbull, Connecticut, mm -hmm. their graduating class had one black person. Wow, in it. And you're just like, this is three miles away. Yeah, and so it's yeah. just a weird, it's a weird, like, yeah. That's one thing I've noticed about the Northeast is we pride ourselves on our diversity and our tolerance and our uh, liberalism and all that. But we're still very like there still are. They aren't as hard and fast as like the color lines in the South. Right. But they're there. Yeah. And it's still yeah. like it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's it's sad. It's, it's really, unfortunate. And which is yeah. why I want my child to be raised in Queens. So I yeah. can just be like, this is Humanity. I always tell everyone. Queens, I think, is the proving ground that world peace is possible. Yeah. Because everyone's just getting through stuff. Do people get in arguments? Yes. Do people call each other racial names? Probably. Yeah. Definitely. Because we're still... But, every, but as 
on the grand scheme of things as a culture, we all live together and we work together and we're very happy together. Yeah. And it's a beautiful neighborhood. Everyone's cultures are be, are able to be celebrated. Like that's the big difference. It's not like, Oh, we've all become this weird monotone American culture. No, everyone's individual culture is still very celebrated. And you go to the Egyptian section of a story and the Greek section and you go to like the Colombian section and all like, yeah, you get to go to all these different areas and try different food and meet different people. And it's like, Oh, I just, I, I wish I just really need my daughter to have that perspective. Absolutely. So when people yeah. do try to talk nonsense, racist, crazy shit to her, she can go, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, my absolutely. best friend is Muslim. My best friend is from, yeah. is from Vietnam. What are you, what are you talking about? And I'll be like, yeah, I know. Yep. I don't know what they're talking about either. Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's really important. I think it is. I think it yeah. is too. Yeah. 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 So let's get to the most important matter yes. at hand. So you go into Russia, you're going to the new school, you're being a, a, a big time actor. And then recently, um, I don't know when you started it, but you've, you're a creator of your own web series, yes. Big Girl. Yes. So, so what's the, what's the, ge- the genesis of this the genesis, beautiful program? Yes. So I went to acting school, I got my MFA and on the, I am of course very grateful for the training that I got. Yep. You know, I really, I studied with some amazing teachers and I am the actor that I am because I went and got an MFA. Agreed. Um, However, the other side of that and part a big part of the industry is um, an intolerance of body diversity. Absolutely. And it did a number on me. Acting school did a number on me. And, you know, my I, you know, I've always been a curvy woman. Yeah. Um, it's ever since I was, you know, I don't know, a kid. I've always been, you know, curvy. And uh, it was tough. It was tough uh, in acting school. Lots of um, get in your body. You're not in your body. A lot of, you know. I had, yes, I remember that very distinctly myself in acting school. Yeah, you're not in your body. You're like a floating head above your body, which I, at the, it got to a certain point that get in your body didn't mean anything anymore. It was just words. No, exactly. Words that just made me feel self-conscious. Yeah. I had one specifically terrible experience. Um, We had to take stage combat. Mm -hmm. And, um the uh the teacher was some big shot hardy har stage combat guy who wasn't even in class for the first six weeks that we were supposed to have him he had one of his assistants teaching us because he was uh fight choreographing choreographing sorry let me speak properly choreographing a show somewhere and he shows up his first day in class with all of us we've been working for six weeks learning techniques and stuff yeah and he shows up and he looks around the room and he says that all of the women in the room are too fat. Uh-huh. And then he looks at me and he goes, except for you, he goes, you need to maintain the shape that you're in because you're going to play the nurse and you're going to play the characters. Oh, and, my God. And so even it, though it was couched as something positive, he singled me out and made me feel so self-conscious. I remember that those exact, like I was told in theater school from the very beginning that if I ever wanted to work, I had a choice. I could right, lose right. 60 to 70 pounds or I yeah. could gain 60 to 70 pounds. Yeah. They're like, you can't be in. So, Cause they were like, you need to like, you're too fat to play anything, but you're not fat enough to be the fat guy. And I was just yeah. like, wait, what <laughs> yeah. are you talking? Like it's, it's bullshit. It's also so old school. Yeah 
ridiculousness. And I know I'm like skipping ahead, but that's why people creating their own work like you creating Big Girl is so unbelievably important. Yeah. Because it's the human acting is supposed to be about the human experience. Right. And all people come in all shapes and sizes. Exactly. And so anyway, it was, you know, it was a big kerfluffle. I ended up like complaining about him and it didn't really go anywhere. He doesn't teach at the school anymore though. So I spoke up for myself and even though I had to continue studying with him, uh, future students did not. So that's good. Um, but I also, you know, for the most part, my classmates didn't seem to understand where I was coming from. It's hard. Yeah. Um, being mm-hmm. upset by it. I mean, I think the women were upset that they've been called too fat, but I don't think that, I don't know. I got some support. I did, but, um, and I was actually very grateful to two of my professors, my acting, um, professor, Kathy Rossiter Wonderful. and my Shakespeare professor, Casey Biggs, who I will always be so grateful to because they had my back 100%. Yeah. They went and complained to the Dean on my behalf. They, I mean, it was anyway. Good. Yeah. As, as, as they should. Yeah. No, it's one of those things that's really, there's a, especially in, I always say, I was like, one of the things that was always hardest for me in theater and in um, in TV and film was that I almost knew like there was no way. Maybe when I was in my fifties and sixties, I would start working. Yeah. But in the meantime, there was no place for yep. me, being the size and being the shape I was in. Yeah. And meanwhile, theater is supposed to be this overwhelming like thing of human experience supposed to be almost like liberal and accepting place and the first place that I found acceptance for what I looked like in my body was in fucking fashion I love that so much like literally I'm like this is the polar opposite it's supposed to be the most stereotypical like thing and that's where people started like accepting me whereas in theater who we all are these big free spirited hippies that like love one another I could not no matter how good I was and I was and and I know you felt the same way. It's like, yeah. no matter how good you are, you're just not going to, I would not be even to this day, even to this day, people will send me like, Hey, you need to do this casting thing. You know, like, Hey, I'm going to submit you for this role or I'll see that I'm going in for an audition and I'll look down at the character breakdown. And if I see the, in the character description in good shape, I go, I'm not getting this. Yeah. And they go, what? And I'm like, they're like, you're not in bad shape. And I said, I know, but when they put good shape in a casting breakdown, they mean a six pack. Yeah. That's what they mean. They mean what they want someone shredded. It's not, yeah. they, it's not that they want a guy who can go jogging with them. Right. Like they're looking for <laughs> right. a fucking, right. and it's, 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 it's so antiquated the way they think of people. Yeah. Yeah, because you're a type. Yeah. You know, I, I've always been told I'll, I have to grow into my type. Oh, yeah. You and know? we knew, because you probably, did you, like, growing up in theater, you're always playing the parent. Oh, you're always yeah. playing the older. Yeah, same. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah. To this day, I am sore about um, Greece in high school. Oh, my God. Because I am Rizzo. I am <laughs> Rizzo. But I ended up playing the principal because oh. I'm the only person who could convincingly, I'm putting that in air quotes, play uh, an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to be the principal. Yeah. People ask why my, my one of my probably my favorite show I ever did in high school was Beauty and the Beast. And it was because oh. it was for the first time I had my choice of roles. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the old Gaston and the Beast were huge. Who did you play? I, I ended up playing Gaston. Oh, and I loved perfect it. And Gaston. I, had I love that. So, so much fun doing it. But I remember because before then it was like very much like 
I, I can't play these roles. I want to play this role. I can't play it. Oh, we're going out for West Side Story. You're not going to play anybody in this. Yeah. You're not play. I played the guy named Diesel. Yeah. Who in West Side Story is the guy that was supposed to fight Bernardo before uh, Riff jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> yeah. And then Riff ends up fight, like like literally just chorus tall chorus guy is yeah. what was my thing. And it was like, it's just frustrating because it's right. like. You know you can do better, but and they make the excuse. Well, they're like, well, this just isn't the character, and you're like, but why? Why are why are you creating? Yeah. Why are you as writers and as directors and producers creating these worlds where the only people with value are people with Small less than ten percent body fat? Yeah, like, yeah. like how is that? How is that what a valuable person is? Yeah, and do you know what's funny? So you said that fashion is where you found acceptance. What's funny is that I have a similar, not that I'm a fashion model, but I have yeah. a similar experience because, you know, all through grad school, my inner narrative was I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight in order to work. I'm not going to be successful if I yeah. don't lose weight. You know, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of, it was exhausting. And then I found plus models on mm -hmm. like Instagram and, and, um, body positive blogs, uh, like right after I graduated from grad school and it saved my life tess holiday saved my life i mean she's that. amazing she's I amazing love her so much and i would have you know a bad body day however you want to put that or whatever and i could look at pictures that she posted of herself and she looks amazing yeah. and i'd be like oh <laughs> i that's beautiful yeah you know and it's it's why representation is so important to be able to see yourself you know in no. media and then and I think yeah. I think it broke out and started being a big thing in um, in fashion specifically because it was the the antibody for so long. It was yeah. the most extreme thing. I feel like in TV and in film, we we kind of skate around it and yes. kind of just don't talk about size diversity. Yes. Yes. Whereas you had people like the CEO of Abercrombie and Fitch being like, I never want fat people to wear my clothes. Uh -huh. So and then Jess of, Baker was like, fuck you. I'm going to. Yeah. She's oh, yeah. Amazing. No. So it's like one of those things where it's like because of that, I think that's how it's like the body positive movement really did spin off with plus models in bloggers in the fashion world yep. demanding it because it was the most anti yeah. and now it's the most and then what happens is you money changes everything now the fashion world realizes they can make a buck off of it uh, because of yeah it. and they make a huge they make billions the, the we got money to spend i know that's, big people like buying clothes that's the <laughs> argument i make with big and tall fashion all yeah. the time i'll meet with brands and they'll be like well you know we never did big and tall because our research shows big and tall people don't buy clothes and it's like because they aren't there i don't buy yachts either yeah but if one was 160 yeah. bucks i'd be grabbing like yeah. it was just like no there's just not an option yeah i'd buy 10 unicorns if i could yeah, it doesn't right? exist yeah. like let me like how about how about you try making it and see if people buy it and that's yeah. what like we've been doing with like men's plus mm -hmm. trying to get people doing it but it's again, it, it, it always bothered me that in theater and film, it was so not there. So yes. how, so when did you, when did you, after having this terrible experience with right. your theater teachers, when did the idea of big girl kind of start to come up? So it was right around that time, you know, a couple of years after I graduated from acting school, um, 
I had, you know, done some other work. I like creating my own work. I like writing. I sort of discovered that, you know, in the first year or so after I graduated. And I got an idea one night about um, a play that I wanted to write. Yep. And so I spent a year writing this play. Um, and, uh, in the meantime, I was also taking improv class and I met Elaine, one of my producers with, which is so funny because her and I sang on a boat together, Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is when I found that out, I was like, get out of here. I That's know. amazing. It was crazy. Elaine's wonderful. Um, she and her, and now my, you know, business partner, Alyssa Cardi, Elaine White, Alyssa mm-hmm. Cardi, um, they're part of, or they have a, a production company called Brazen. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and Alyssa came and recorded or filmed a reading of my play that I had written. And, um, after the reading, um, we were all hanging out. Um, I've done, I did a short film with them, um, Mm -hmm. uh, that ended up, this is, I'm backtracking a little bit. We did a short film together. Yeah. We did a, a short film together called um, One Bedroom that was at the... Do you know the Sparrow Film Fest? I do happens? know the Sparrow Film Fest. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we got... They've been stepping it up. I remember like the first year it was like, oh, yeah. this is cute. Now it's like... It's turning fancy. into a real fancy thing. It's fancy. They, yeah. had, um, they had a gala at the Museum of the Moving Image, and I got to see myself up on a huge screen, and there was oysters and champagne, and That's I was awesome. nominated for an award. That's and so it was, fun. It was so fun. Um, and the three of us work really well together. And so after the reading that they, you know, recorded, I was thinking that this, maybe this play is a movie. I wrote it very, it was cinematic the way that I wrote it unintentionally. It's just how it came out. Yeah. And so we all decided we wanted to do something together. And I was like, well, why don't we do a web series first? Because what I wanted to create for myself, um, because even though there, I think there's an uptick right now in material for, uh, bigger actors. Yeah they're still steeped in shame and self-loathing. It still has to be a, almost like a coming out experience as being a big, because there's amazing things. I mean, um, shrill with 80 Bryant is phenomenal. I wept. It's so, so good. And there's so many moments that are so telling, but it is still, it's almost like you want to, there's this longing of bigger people just to be people and the story doesn't have to be about the fact that they're bigger and they're coming to love themselves, which is wonderful. And right now we need those stories of coming to love yourself. That is very, very important. We got to lay the foundation because we aren't getting there, but there, the scene in in trail that made me cry like a little baby The pool party. Yes, the pool party, but it was the end of the pool party episode where they're doing flashbacks to her as a little girl. And when she was a little girl, she was, yeah, I know. Yes. As a little girl, the mom kept being like, come to the pool. She's like, no, I just want to read. I just want to read. And then as a little girl, she would sneak out of the house to go to the pool by herself because no one else was there because big people love swimming. They love the water so much. Everyone does. But people stare at you. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, oh, that episode broke me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that whole series is so beautifully done. Yeah. And I agree with you. I'm I I don't want to play a big lady who has to find her own self-confidence. Yes. You know? Um the struggle is external. Yeah. Because I think 
underneath there's this messaging that like, well, if big people can just come to accept themselves and then they'll, you know, start running and <laughs> lose weight. They find, still, yeah, you know. they still add that and they're yeah. like, you know, they'll be fine, happy and then they'll become healthier. And, they'll be, yes. and it's like, and that, that always gets me because I'm just like, who keeps saying I'm unhealthy and I don't right. understand it. Right. Like, um, like f- for one, I'm not. I'm fine. I have a bigger body and I have more fat on my body than you do. So when the apocalypse comes, I'm going to last longer than you. So go fuck yourself. Right. But But then also I watch Naked and Afraid constantly. Oh, do you? Oh, it's one of my favorite shows ever. And my favorite thing is every now and then there's always a bigger person on there. Not huge, but always a bigger person on there. And the partner will always say something professional. Like he's not what I expected. Uh, He's bigger than I thought. And then Almost 100% of the time, the skinny person has to tap out and the big person makes it the rest of the way. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Because they're just like, (laughs) they're like, yeah, you're not supposed to have zero fat on your body. We're animals and we need to survive. I'm warm. How about you? Exactly. (laughs) I'm too warm right now. Yeah, that's true. The summertime is so awful. You must have hated Jacksonville. Every time I visit my in-laws. So awful. I love visiting my in-laws, but if I visit them between like May and September, I'm like, this is awful. Why do yeah. people live here? It's <laughs> it's truly you. Although, you know what? Like last week in New, in New York reminded me of yeah. home. And New York always has at least one weekend where it's just as hot. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this Ugh. sucks. Yeah. Um, but you walk outside and it's just like, why? You just feel like you're being punished for something. I know. So, um, so, um, so back yes. to big girl. Yes. Back yes. to big girl. So I, um, I wanted to write a series where, you know, my character was not ashamed of herself, mm-hmm. um, you know, confident from the get go, but maybe would explore the life experience of a plus size woman living in New York, dating in New York. Um, and that the struggle is external and not internal. Yeah. And, uh, so the pilot is completed. We did that last year and used it to fundraise for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. Um, the pilot I wrote was just about, uh, four internet dates that I had been on in my life, but they're heightened and more ridiculous than they actually were. Um, the work that I like to create, I like a little absurdity. I like, you know, breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Um, a theme in my work, I think, is stranger in a strange land because I think it. as a big person, you feel like that a Constantly. lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, everywhere you go. And so, as it evolved, as I wrote it, um, each episode emulates a different film genre because I thought, why don't we show a plus size lady in all of these different genres? Because we could be a lead in, yeah. you know, whatever. So, episode two is a buddy comedy, episode three is a silent clown film. <laughs> I used to, you know, I took clown in grad school, so I'm using it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so it's a black and white film where my clown goes on a hero's journey to try to find the plus size section of a department store. And then, you know, at the end, there's a whole thing. And um, so that's episode three. Episode four is a Mm rom-com. Again, these are all about 15 minute episodes. So it's like all of the tropes of rom-com are heightened and it's condensed, you know. Um, and then the finale is a mumblecore. It was a send up of mumblecore. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we've been working, I guess I've been working about on this about two years, two years, two years, something like that. Yeah. Um, and we're almost done filming. We've got 
I think three more filming days on the books. They're awesome. Like, yeah, there That's will exciting. have been 14 or 15 of them total. Uh, when, when, when you're, whenever you're doing a project of that scale, the last day of filming is always like, oh my God, I can't believe we did this. But then you're like, I have sad. so much. It's so sad because yeah. the fun part of the work is over. Yeah. <laughs> now it's into business. Not that editing isn't fun, but editing and fundraising and distribution, this is the sucky part. Yes. But it's the part that makes it an industry and yeah. not a hobby we all do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's that work is about to happen and we're strategizing and, you know, figuring out the festivals that we want to submit oh to my God. And, and all of that, which is great. I'm very excited. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and it's also, you know, I'm going to have post show blues. I'm already like planning. Okay, what's the next thing that I'm going to work on so that I don't have. That's a know, big thing. Someone I saw a quote like the worst thing you can ever say to an actor in general um, <laughs> is like if you go to see their play and the play was good and you go up to them afterwards like this was great so what are you doing next uh -huh. the worst thing you can ask any actor is what are you doing next because right away I'm like fuck you yeah <laughs> like you know damn well nothing yeah. like like this is this is the way this works <laughs> like ugh, wouldn't like, I love to know the answer yeah, to that as exactly. well exactly oh yeah people always ask me like even in modeling they even though luckily I have uh. been working steadily when people do ask they're like so you have any big trips coming up you going on I don't know yeah I hope <laughs> yeah I really hope so but yeah. I have no idea it's uh yeah yeah, it's a little oh, scary. It's but, very scary. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm really proud of the work that we've done. We've had such a, a great crew of people. Our crew is all female for the most part. I think one day we had a dude PA, but for mm -hmm. the most part, it's all women. Oh, yeah. Um, the actors, yourself included. That I know. Had. I have a little, I have a little cameo kind of come in, yeah. which is really, it was fun. It was He's, a blast. Zach is the button on the end of the series or the season. I'm, so. a, I'm a possible cliffhanger. Yes, we'll he is see. a cliffhanger. We'll see if there's, a, there's going to be, there needs to be a season two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, the actors we've brought in, I mean, some that you know, um, Tim Gerbach is going to Tim Gerbach's amazing. Who's been on this show before, I believe. Yes, he has been yeah. on this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. He uh, is. Katie Hartman, who's amazing. Steph Stephanie Malik. Malik, who's also been on this show. And yeah. you guys know her from her podcast, hashtag sponsored. She is my roommate. I know, and which I was surprised <laughs> to find out. <laughs> I walked in and was like, oh, hey, what is going on? Yeah. And she plays my, uh, she plays my best friend in the series. Um, so yeah, we've had, we have a great cast. Um, you know, Elaine and Alyssa run a really professional set. Super tight ship. Yeah. It's really great. It's great. It's really been an amazing experience. I'm going to be sad when, you know, we have to break to do the business side of stuff. But. I know that's, that's the thing about film in general. It's always like this route, this like heartbreaking yes. ride yes. because it's over it ends for the actor before anything begins in the world. So like all these things where you see actors like, like promoting movies right now, they've all filmed these two years ago yeah. and they're like, yeah, I guess I kind of remember. And then it's weird. Cause then like, especially like newer actors, like, Tom Holland, the new guy mm -hmm. who plays Spider-Man, dealing with becoming this huge star, like way after he was done filming. Yeah, <laughs> like, he'd yeah, been yeah, doing yeah. It. He's like, I've worked on three other movies since that one, and yeah. now we're like, oh, okay, yeah, here, I, here I am. It's like, so it's, funny. It's interesting. It is. Interesting. It's a weird, weird, weird business. It is. I do the same thing. Like in modeling, I take photos, not as far in advance as film does, but like people are like, oh, I saw that thing. It looks great. And I'm like, yeah, I shot that like, I don't know, nine months, a year ago. I don't remember it. Like, yeah. 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 Like I was on, um, 
America's Next Top Model as a guest judge, and everyone was asking I love me. That you did that. It That's was fun. Amazing. It was a blast. Yeah. And everyone's just like, "Oh my god, did you have like the best time?" I said, "I did." And they're like, "Well." when did you do this? But you kept it. Cause you also sign an NDA. You're not allowed right. to talk about it. Right. And I was like, guys, I shot this like almost a full year ago. <laughs> like, this isn't <laughs> like, so like it's just interesting, but like, but yeah. now it's out and here we go. Ah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a funny, funny world. It is. It is. And it, yeah, it's, um, I'm hoping that we can, you know, get it into the festival circuit. Like, Oh, ASIP. You, you, you will, you'll be and, able to, it's just, yeah. it's going through the, post-production which yeah, is the tough. most tedious but also most important because an editor can make or break the entire That's thing true. it doesn't matter how good the performances are yeah elaine and Alyssa both are editors by trade exactly and they're good they do the pilot looks incredible the pilot is yeah. really funny and really tight and so yeah they're gonna do a great job i'm really excited about how it's going i cannot wait so how can people keep an eye on it for when it's so, coming out um i you can follow us on instagram and facebook and twitter our handle is big girl show all lowercase one word all mm-hmm. together um and we post all of our updates there and yeah, and you can you can follow it and exactly. see our progress. And see where it's coming out yeah. and how it's coming up. You can yeah, all those like fun behind the scenes photos and all that stuff. That's and true. It's, bloopers. We'll definitely be posting bloopers and all kinds of things like that. Oh and, my god, um, yeah, the amount of bloopers you must have of Tim Gerbach must be unreal. He Tim Gerbach. It's like I don't want to give away the character that he I plays, know, no. but it's he's so funny and creepy he's supposed to be Chris character is supposed to be creepy and it he really goes for it oh and i bet he's one of the most talented people i've ever yeah. met he's ridiculous he's so funny uh, and like, fearless and just he just anytime. does it and he was like because so like when um you and elaine originally approached me about being in it i'm like yeah. it sounded great i was like yeah totally and then i found out tim was in it and i was such like a, oh i'm never not being in a thing uh, he's in if i have the option i love that so good thank you tim he is he's like yeah. my absolute like he is the even when uh we were doing um when i was in well i still am technically but when the dream stocks my comedy band was still like not on hiatus and right. alive and kicking. Right. If we found out Tim was going to be at a gig, it was a guarantee we were going. Oh, I we were love like, that. oh, we're not sure. Oh, Tim's playing. All right, we'll go. We'll, I go. Love that. we'll figure it out. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh-huh. I also I have to mention one thing that has been so funny for me in this process too is the um the clothing. <laughs> it was very important to me that I look good. Oh in yeah. This series. I did not want to look schlubby. I did not And I, on the episode I was on with you, you looked phenomenal. Uh, hot pink bodysuit. Thank I was you. Like, Damn. I that was generously provided by Marie Portois, which is a beautiful plus size clothing brand. Everybody should go Phenomenal. on their website. Yes. And then also, and it's been a while ago, but we've used a lot of clothing from Ashley Nell Tipton's line. She provided I love Ashley Nell Tipton. She is such a sweetheart. I met her at a um a talk that she was giving with Lindy West at WNYC and I met her and told her about, you know, my experience and blah, blah, blah. And then we reached out again and she sent me so many clothes and jewelry and I've been able to use lots of it for the series. And anyway, thank you, Ashley Nell Tipton as well. That's so exciting. We cannot wait to see big girl. I can selfishly not wait to see big girl. Um, But this is awesome. You you you. are so talented and it is so exciting to see people doing awesome things. Thank you. Thank you. Every now, especially like 
especially in New York, especially in the theater world, especially as someone with a plus body, we all get, we just get beat down so hard every day it's and true, it's man. not true. And it's, and it's rare that some people are step up to the plate and power through and create meaningful work anyway. So yeah. it's super exciting to see. Thank you. And I can't wait to see big girl. Me too. And thank you for having me. Thank you for being in the show. Of course. Um, it's so you guys, exciting. Zach is a very good actor. Um, you know, well, he's, that's it a thing. He's really, he's good. He's I good. rocked the shit out of those three lines. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Thank you. Thank we, you. We had uh, to flirt and it was like easy peasy. There was very no, easy, we didn't super easy. do any crazy relationship relationship building it was we fine. didn't have to break into meisner work yeah. in the middle. Like, <laughs> it was great yeah um awesome we can't wait to see it and we can't wait to talk to you next time thank you thank you for having me of course bye, bye. amazing Please, everyone, follow Big Girl Show on all of the social medias. Follow us on social media at Zach Miko, Z A C H M I K O. You know how it's spelled by now. I love you all so much. And until next week, remember to go out in the world and do big things. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da.